All right, my friends, uh, as I was saying, uh, apparently I was talking to myself, and everybody was just letting me do it. So next time, I'm just going to sit up here and go, and just see how long it takes. Now what happened is, as uh, Brady said, she was cooking. Yes, well, you you uh, cooked that mess somewhere else, Brady. Uh, <laughs> what happened is, stupid laptop. I, that's why I, I hate. That's why I love my iPad and iPhones. You don't have to do these, you know, these, these stupid uh, updates every other day. You don't have to have this virus protection. And every time it does this, this, these ridiculous updates. It is. Uh, it screws the whole program up. I use to stream out with. See, I use the same program we use at the church. It screws the whole thing up. So I apologize. But anyway, let me go through here one more time and say good morning, Tracy Little, Kim, Stephen Hensley, Brandy Boyd, Young, Rusty Poss, Mike Hensley, Carolyn Kelly, Darlene Barker, Kelly Janet Swift, Amy Oaks Turner, Brandy Boyd, Young, Carolyn Kelly, uh, Angel Dixon. Mike Hensley, Michelle Fox Harris, Terry Hutchinson, Debbie Jackson's son. There we go. So I'm sorry you didn't get to hear my good morning. And also, here I have belted out a good morning. And nobody got to hear it, man. I thought that was a great good morning, too. You know, so here I am, natu naturally hyper. You know, you may be thinking, what kind of drugs is he on? And I wouldn't dare tell you because you might want to get into my stash. But no, seriously, I'm not on any drugs. I'm just naturally this hyper. And uh, so now you understand why so many people in my life has wanted to kill me. But uh, we just got done doing the Pledge of Allegiance. So since you didn't hear that, let's do that one more time. I think today in particular, we ought to do that twice. Hello, Karen Smith. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life and liberty for all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. All righty. Praise God for those wonderful pledges. Praise God for all the veterans uh, who have served and are serving now that uh, has uh, put their lives out there to protect our sorry backsides so we can have the freedom uh, to say these pledges each and every morning. It's really sad to see that our military has decided to go down the aisle of wokeness and uh, it just, uh, you know, I worry about our recruitment and future uh, and uh, military uh, strength, you know. And uh, I myself uh, signed up, joined the Air Force, took the oath, flew to Lackland Air Force Base, and uh, that was a very interesting experience. And I wish I could have got to serve more time there in the Air Force, but unfortunately I blew out my stupid back and they had to send me home. But I do, I will have to say this, that the uh, VA Medical Center has been great to me and uh, they are, are I, 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 my, I hate that my family can't go there because they have been so good to me there and always very kind, always very sweet, always very courteous. They're right there to help you with everything you need. So I do praise God that uh, as a result of my uh, um, signing up for service that I do get to uh, benefit uh, from uh, the VA Medical Center. They've been extremely well to me. But uh, anyway, um, 
Again, thank you to all of our veterans and uh, appreciate what you all have done for us. And let's uh, go ahead and look at our verse of discussion this morning. We're going to John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All righty. What a beautiful and wonderful passage of Scripture. You know, statistically, uh, over 20% of the nation takes some sort of medication for anxiety and depression. Now, if you are one of those 20%, I'm not knocking you. I'm not saying you're less of a Christian for doing so. You've got to do what you feel is best for your mental health. And uh, I uh, uh, even I, there was a time that I had to be on uh, Effexor and Seroquel because of things I was dealing with before I went to the ministry. I uh, had to be on that as well. But, you know, there's a lot of times that I feel like these medications are distributed haphazardly and that is not really needed. And the reason why I say that is, and again, this is not to um, be like, well, gosh, you know, it makes me feel bad that I'm taking it. That's not, that's not my point. Now, you have, that's something you have to pray about. And if that's what you feel led, that that's what you need to do, that's great. Right? There's nothing, nothing uh, spiritually wrong with you doing that. Okay, so I'll make that clear. And whatever you do, if you're all something like that, never, ever quit that cold turkey. You talk to your physician. You come down off of that slowly because if you try to stop that immediately, it can have a tremendous adverse effects on you uh, mentally. You can have hallucinations. It can affect you uh, physically uh, and uh, cause heart palpitations, all kinds of things. So don't ever say, well, maybe I shouldn't take this and just stop. Don't ever do that. Okay, so that's just a, a, a word of advice there. Now, my point I'm trying to make is I think a lot of people out there are, are dependent on their medication instead of being dependent upon God. Instead of giving God their anxiety, giving God their depression, giving God some of these issues, they're turning to man-made uh, uh answers instead of turning to God for their answers. And again, I'm just, I'm just trying to be clear here. It is that is if you are on that, I think nothing less of you. I don't think you're less of a Christian. I don't think you're less saved. None of that stretch of the imagination. Okay, so please understand that. So don't don't be listening to this and be like, well, I feel really bad. I wish I maybe I should be doing it. You pray about that. Okay, and trust me, there's a lot of people out there that aren't on it that should be. So. But, uh, you know, but the fact is, we need to be, you know, that's one of the things I've been trying to maybe hit, hit on a lot this week, is trusting God, trusting our Savior, trusting Jesus to meet all of our needs according to His riches and glory. There's a lot of fear and anxiety and depression, things that we deal with on a daily basis that, you know, it, God can eliminate that and help us to deal and work through that. See, so many times we are looking at things inwardly and we're focusing on the things inwardly and how we're going to deal with things ourselves instead of giving that over to Jesus Christ, giving that over to God, realizing He is in control, we are in control of nothing, and give that fear, that anxiety, that depression, give all that to Him. We're so focused on Him that we don't have time to focus on these things that are trying to destroy us, trying to pull us down. That's what the devil wants to do. So it's a matter of where is your focus? Is it on the Lord or on your problems, or is it on the problem solver? See, that's where we have to get at as we're wading through these mental pitfalls and battles. All right? So don't sit there 
here and I don't want you to think that, oh, he just thinks he's super Christian. He don't understand. I understand more than you realize because I have to fight anxiety. I have to fight fear. I have to fight depression. I have to fight and wait through all these things every single day of my life. So don't think that I am outside of, uh, of the realm of understanding of what so many have to go through. Now, there's some people may have to have it more severe than I do, but I have to fight this stuff every day of my life and give out our Lord. Thoughts that go through my head, I have to stop it immediately. And uh, it's tough, and it's not easy uh, to sometimes to deal with. And the devil knows that. He wants to use that against me. And uh, that's why I have to really just pray and trust the Lord to help me overcome those issues in my life. Now, here's the thing we need to look at. You know, Jesus claims to be the exclusive way to God. Now, that's a word and a term that you don't hear a lot of in our society today because they want everything to be, what's the word, children? Inclusive. Everybody that you have to have, you know, this is, uh, you know, I am the least racist person you will ever meet. Like I said, my grandmother's Japanese. I grew up being bullied. I know what it's being, what it's like to be called racial slurs. Uh, to be called a Jap is, is the is the equivalent of being called the N-word if you're an African-American person. I know what that's like, all right? So I'm the least uh, uh, racist uh, individual. But I think it's ridiculous that you have to have X amount of, of blacks in, in a job or TV show, whatever it may be, X amount of women, Hispanics, uh, whatever it may be, homosexuals, transgenders. It's just insanity. I mean, the, the, the uh, uh, was it Harvard had a graduation and they had it for, uh, they had one for blacks only, one for whites only. It's like we, we have went back decades in regards to racism. I mean, the very thing that Martin Luther King Jr. spoke out against uh, is the is what we're doing? Instead of you know, basing a man on his merit, we're basing uh, giving them uh, jobs, or whatever, based on their skin color. In fact, even colleges are now are not even going to look at school records, but based on what your race is. It's just it's nuts, all right. But to say that you are that you are exclusive, man, that is my bog. How dare you say that you're exclusive? But that's just the point. Is Jesus Christ is exclusive? He is the only way to heaven. You know, that's one thing that we look at here. We look at verses two and three. Uh, it says, "And you know the way where I am going." Thomas said to him, "Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way?" Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So, you know, it's wonderful to know that sometimes these, these, these disciples ask some kind of dense questions sometimes. And, I, and I'm glad that they did because it, it, it resulted in some very uh, wonderful and beautiful answers that Christ uh, explained things to them. Because, you know, Jesus didn't say, hey, uh, I'll point you to the way. No, he said, I am the way. All right. You know, this is probably one of the six times that, um, six, the number six times. I talk a little fast, so sometimes I have to you know, slow down a little bit. But uh, sixth time that he used the I am statement uh, in, uh, in, in this. So, in other words, he is, he is claiming to the deity that he truly is God. And, that, and so, so through him, we can have access to God. And you know, one other thing, too, that Jesus also claimed was that I am the truth. And again, he didn't say, I can teach you the truth, although he did say that as well. But he says, I am the truth. He means he's not only uh, that he's totally dependable and that he's the 
only way to salvation. You know, what a wonderful thing here. And Jesus also claimed, I am the life. You know, he said, he said I could tell you how to have life, but rather, I am the life. Uh, in John 5, 26, Jesus claimed, For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. So having life itself, Jesus gives life to whom he wishes. You know, as, as we see how jam-packed uh, the, the, this verse is with such wonder and, and beautiful things here. So we see the three articles here, the way, the truth, and life, it, it, it imply the exclusivity, exclusivity of Christ's claims. So his final statement clinches that no one comes to the Father but through me. He is the only way to God. In fact, Peter underscored this fact to the Jewish Sanhedrin in Acts 4.12 where he says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So, it is, uh, you know, one thing that we, we, we have this uh, postmodern view of things and what I was referring to earlier in regards to inclusive and exclusive. And here we have Jesus saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so, you know, that's one thing that the postmodern view wants to say is there is no absolute truth, that uh, things are relative. It's what you want it to be. Just like I was talking about this, hyper, talking about to this woman who's a hyper charismatic uh, uh, and she, uh, uh, you know, to, she didn't like what I had to say. Uh, she wanted to say, well, the Bible's up to interpretation. I said, no, it's not up to interpretation. It's called hermeneutics. You know how, what it how it was applied to the original audience, how we are to apply it and take it to today. You don't, it's not just however you want it to be. That's not how God's Word works. And the Holy Spirit may reveal things through His Word, but it doesn't change His truth. It doesn't change the meaning and the context of that, those passages and those verses. You know, R.C. Sproul, uh, he is, uh, you know, uh, great theologian, uh, done a lot of teachings and in, in a lot of areas of study. One of the things that he put on here is that um, he points out the notion that all religions are valid. Points out that no, ho ha, slow down, Matt. Okay, points out that the notion that all religions are valid is logically impossible because if all religions are valid, the Christianity is valid. But Jesus said that he is the only way to God, which eliminates all other ways. So either he was right or he was wrong. Sproul concludes, if he was wrong, the Christianity has no validity at all. If he was right, then there is no other way. So that's you know, my point is, if Jesus Christ is the only way, and here you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with all these things, guess what? Here, what we see and read here is comfort. We can find comfort when you are troubled. Believe that Jesus is the only way will comfort your troubled heart. And, and that's the only thing that we can do is, is an understanding that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life. That's how we find comfort in our troubled heart. Trusting him gives us that assurance of eternal life and escape from that second death. Man, that's, that praise God for that. So if you're dealing with those issues, as many people do, and that anxiety and depression and fear may grow exponentially during the holidays. Because a lot of times, if you're, uh, you may be facing the first Thanksgiving or Christmas without a loved one, you know, a parent or a sibling or spouse. You know, that's you know that it makes it exponentially harder. Uh, you know, uh, holidays in, in in of itself are stressful, and so that's why we have to find comfort in God. Don't look at the pain. Don't look at the loss. And that's another thing too. If you're battling and dealing with and grieving with loss. 
Remember all the good times. Remember all the years of laughter. Don't focus on the one day of loss. Focus on all the time you had with that individual and the good times. And listen, try to enjoy the best you can during these difficult times. When these holidays come around and it's hard and you, you feel lonely and it's difficult, find your comfort, find your peace in God and let Him uh, guide you. Now, with that said, if you're at Walmart, may the games forever be in your favor because you're going to need a lot of prayer. <laughs> All right? That's when your stress really gets up here. <laughs> right? So, not only is that you have anxiety, stress, and the, the want to murder. <laughs> so, so, be aware when you go to Walmart at the Christmas season and uh, try to keep your hope and comfort in the Lord uh, to get you through that and uh, to get you in and out without uh, dealing with the craziness of the Walmart crowd. Let us pray. And our Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us every day to find comfort in you. Lord, thank you that you are the exclusive way. Let us trust in you. Let us trust in your word. Let us understand your truth, and let us live by that daily. Lord, if watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God to protect us till we meet again. Watch over my friends and family that are watching this morning. Keep them safe while they're going out and coming in. Lord, I pray to be with our spouses, our, our children, so going to school, work, or play. Put a holy hedge of protection about them. Keep them safe and well. And Lord, as I pray every morning, let us be a light in the world of darkness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Apologize again for all the audio issues this morning. I didn't realize I should have known to test it uh, after it uh, uh, rebooted and uh, stupid me didn't do it. So I apologize. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless. Thank you.